Welcome in, everybody, to On Her Turf. I'm MJ Acosta-Ruiz, and this is your podcast. It is our podcast. It is the podcast where my co-host, Lindsay Zarniak, and I, we talk about various women from all across the board and what they have done in the sports space, specifically right now as we gear up for the Winter Olympic Games in Beijing. And, of course, the impact that these athletes are making, not just in the world of sports, but beyond, Lindsay. Yes, absolutely. And um, breaking barriers is one thing, but you know it goes way beyond that. And and also when we're talking about different sports, what I love is how different, right, all these sports are, but yet the yeah. messages and the importance of the issues oftentimes are still so much the same. But when you're mentioning the phrase go big or go home, right, <laughs> that takes yeah. on an entirely, and I know you know this, MJ, it takes on a whole different meaning when you're talking about being judged on how you flip and twist and turn through the air and still land on your feet or your skis. Yeah, most of that stuff I attribute it to my hair. Flip it, curl it, make it bigger, <laughs> or go home. But this is a whole new plane because our guest this week is a three-time Olympian and world champion who knows that very phrase and takes it quite literally. Today, Lindsay and I welcome in Team USA freestyle skier Ashley Caldwell to On Her Turf. Hello, Woo-hoo. Ashley. Hey, thanks for having me. <laughs> We're very excited to have you on here. We've been looking at all of your training videos, your competition videos, and one thing is very clear, girl, you do not play it safe. I don't even think that word would apply in the aerials world, right? Um, what would you attribute to that fearlessness, not just in the dangerous nature of this event, but also all the things you have to overcome in the sport, like gender inequity, for example, Ashley? Oh, that is a big, big topic of conversation. So I don't know if I can handle <laughs> all that in one go, but um, you got this. The, the fearlessness, um, I think comes from the idea that I just want to prove to myself how, how far I can take something, how much my hard work and dedication can, can go in pushing myself to, to achieve things that I didn't think were possible or the people around me didn't think were possible and kind of, you know, break down those personal barriers of, uh, I'm showing myself what I can do. Um, that's definitely extremely challenging in our sport. You're right. Go big or go home. Sometimes it's go big and go home. Sometimes it's <laughs> just go home. Um, so we take that, fr- we say that phrase a lot, which is pretty funny. Um, but, um, yeah, I think I like, I like overcoming fear. Ultimately, I think, I think that's what it boils down to is that, um, you know, when you're the most scared you've ever been and then you go and overcome that fear, it's, it's, it's incredible, um, incredible feeling. And so I live for, I live for that. Um, the gender inequity stuff, that's a whole, <laughs> I would love for you to explain just for our listeners, what it is exactly that you do, right? As an aerialist, what that is. But also when you're talking about that fear, my my first question is, when was the first time that you noticed that, that you noticed, ooh, I like to be scared to death and then I want to conquer it? (laughs) Uh, you know, I think it's, I have to relearn that every time I think. Really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. The fear never goes away and it, every time it's telling you the same thing. Don't do what you're about to do. Like that's right. a bad idea, bad idea what you're doing. <laughs> um, and so like, um, so I just got back from, from Finland and I've been doing triple backflips for about 10 years now on, on skis. Um, so I ski, I ski into this you know, 15 foot tall jump on skis, about uh, 70 kilometers an hour. I know we use the metric system in our sport. Um, and, <laughs> and I do triple backflips about 60, 60 feet in the air um, and try and put it on my feet with varying amounts of, of twists. And oh, so casual. 
Yeah. When it, yeah. <laughs> just, you know, it's, it's a typical Thursday, you know, whatever. <laughs> just go do some, just do some flips. Um, so, but I'm, but back to, I was just in Finland and I've been doing triple back flips for 10 years and I, I showed up to the site and I was equally scared. You know, this fear doesn't like, it's, a, I have to continually conquer my fear. And so, okay. um, Sometimes it's tell, just telling yourself, Hey, I've been here. I've done this, even though this fear is still just as, uh, overtaking, um, it, the reward is still there. I know it. I don't believe sometimes it's going to happen, but, but then I do it again. And, and I have that whole feeling over again. Can you take us in an example of that moment? Like what, what it is like to walk up to what you're about to do and what that feels like through that process? Yeah. So, so I'll, I'll take this Finland example. Um, it's very dark there right now. There is not a lot of sunlight. So we woke up, uh, we had an early morning competition and you know, you do all your warm ups and you're thinking for like an hour or two before you go jump about this, the, your first jump and your second jump and kind of your whole plan for the day. And I showed up, you know, it's, it's dark. It's like negative 20 out. It's ripping wind. Um, everything from the day before had completely changed. So you weren't ready for anything and it was competition day. And, um, you know, I, I skied it. To, I skied in, um, into the gate, what we call. And oh I told my, we have a, we have a coach at the top one to, I think, I think his, his title's top coach, but he's like, he's like pump up guy. <laughs> he's like in charge of like making <laughs> sure man. that like, he's a hype, yeah, he's a hype man. That's an yeah. even better word. Um, and so he, I look at him and I said, I don't think I got this today. And he's like, what do you mean? You always say that. And like, you got it every time. <laughs> I'm like, I know I do say that, but this time's different. He goes, no, it's not. He's like, you always wow. feel scared and you always go do it and you always do well. And so I'm like, no, this time I'm going to, I'm going to throw up before I go. I can't do it. And <laughs> he's like, he's like, just take That's a fair. deep breath and we, we just go. <laughs> I'm like, all right. Um, so I hopped turned and I did a great jump. Okay. <laughs> and I was wow. like, See, oh yeah, I love this. This is so what I was saying wow. before, Ashley, like you're Olymp you Olympians are built differently. And I, it actually is reassuring to me that you're to confirm you are still scared. But yeah. it's that split second decision that you say, no, I'm going to do this anyway. I was talking to Lindsay right before you hopped on yeah. about going to a water park when I was a kid, but not a kid. I was like 16, 17. So pretty grown uh, and being paralyzed at the top of a water slide, right? Like my cousins literally had to push me down. So you're negative 20 degrees outside. You're going on this ramp. You have skis on, you have all this gear. immediately. No, Ashley immediately. No. <laughs> and yet there you are. Um, and you do it every time. And then you're doing flips and backflips and somersaults in the air on skis, 60 feet in the air and then landing. So just to paint that picture, at what point mid air are you thinking, Oh wow, this is what I do on a regular Great basis. question. Love this. Um, you know, it's as soon as I turn my skis. So when we're at the top, um, we, we, have to wait our turn and whatever. Um, but our, we have a coach up top and we have a coach on the knoll, like kind of right where the jumps are. Yeah. And so that coach as the, the one who actually like, he makes sure the landing's good. And he makes sure that like, nobody's like in the landing hill trying to like, you know, fix it and make sure it's like good, ready for you to land on. Um, so he actually raises his hand and clears you to say, Hey, the jumps clear. We're ready to go. The wind is the right amount of gusts or whatever is, is that particular day. Um, so he's like a head, the head coach. And as soon as he raises his hand, you're clear and you turn your skis and go. And as soon as that moment happens, everything goes away. Emotions wow. gone. 
And, and then, and then you just go back into, you know, those thousands of jumps that I've done throughout my career, um, training in the water, on the water, on the, <laughs> the water ramps and, um, and on snow. So, so that's kind of where it switches. It's not midair. It's, it's like kind of as soon as you hop turn, like your whole, my whole mind changes. Is it a muscle memory thing for you? Is it like, is there mindset work that you've done to, to make that happen? Or is it just so many reps? Uh, you know, it's probably just the, so, the, the volume of training that we've done. So sure. how many times I've, I've skied into a jump. Um, and you know, we do the same exact thing every time. Like when you're skiing in, you, you have the same body position, the same timing. And so that kind of takes over and, and your brain kind of goes away a little bit. You know what? <laughs> you, you mentioned the training here. So like throughout the year after you, obviously you perform in the winter Olympics, compete in the winter Olympics, but you're training all year long, especially in the summer. You mentioned the slope into the water, into that deep pool there. What has changed though in the almost two years that we've been in this pandemic state? Um, what has changed physically for you training wise in terms of your team and how difficult is that um, as you're getting ready for your now fourth Olympics? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there was a, there was a few things that, that COVID initiated. Um, I, I think in some ways it made people more focused on their sport. There's not in a lot of other things, uh, to right. do like, um, we want, we all want to be super safe and, and stuff. So we're not, you know, you're not going out to restaurants as much. You're not going out to, you know, do random extracurricular activities. Sure. So in some ways it made you more focused, but that's also, uh, you can get inside your head a little too much mm-hmm. and you need some distractions. Um, and it, we definitely had our bubble limited. So the people that you could go yeah. see and talk to, um, you know, dramatically decreased, um, but you know, we, we are fortunate. Um, we, we have the ability, the medical staff and, you know, funding to be able to test everyone, be safe and, and do the necessary protocols to, to keep everybody still training and competing. What did you do to stay out of your head during that time? How'd you pass uh, the time? Yeah. So I got super into mountain biking. Um, Park City is a mountain biking mecca and I almost regret waiting so long to get into mountain biking. Um, and, uh, I bought a little sailboat. So we sail on the reservoir here in the summertime. Um, I, and I, um, I finished my master's in real estate development and now I started another one in legal studies. So I'm, in, I'm crazy in more ways than one. Cause now I'm <laughs> in school again, yeah. uh, which it's oh finals week. God. So Ashley, you had me at sailboat, then drop in two master's degree in the middle of that. Talk about making use of your time. Wow. Yeah, you know, it's not surprising though. There's only so many hours in the day that you can do flips on skis. So you have to find find some other (laughs) stuff. Yeah, that's fair. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, we mentioned Beijing will be your fourth Olympic Games as you're preparing to qualify here. What has your evolution been like, though? Because you started off in 2010 in Vancouver as the youngest member of the Olympic team, and now you are a veteran of the Olympics. Talk to us a little bit about that trajectory for you over these years. Well, I still feel like my 16-year-old self in a lot of ways. Really? Um, you know, I I am super enthusiastic about the sport. I love aerials, even when it treats me poorly. <laughs> um, you know, I still have that passion that, like, the kid energy of like loving what I do. I think I try and balance, um, the recklessness, the bullishness that I had as a 16 year old with the, the things I've learned through the years, um, with my experience. And that's hard to do because sometimes experience 
you know, experience tells you those, sometimes those, those fearful moments are very accurate and you should listen to those. Right. <laughs> and, right. and sometimes, you know, you have to just overcome them and push yourself and, and that's how you get better. And you, um, you know, you have success as, as you overcome those things. So that balance is sometimes hard to do. And sometimes I steer more to one side or the other. And it's kind of finding that, that nice balance. Um, I am definitely the like team quote unquote mom, which has been a new role for me. Um, trying to, <laughs> you know, I see some of the characteristics in the younger athletes that I remember in myself and be like, okay, well, I, I can respect and appreciate that. Cause I remember, but I got to tell you, you should probably do this instead of what you're doing right now. Um, so that, that's been a fun new role. Um, and I, I just still love the sport. And I, you know, as, as I get older, I love that I've had so much time in it and it just makes me sad that the more time I've had in it, it means the less I have left. Oh, oh, wow. What in terms of the games, I know you're still working through qualifying. What's that process like? That process is stressful and full of anxiety. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Yes. Um, you know, each Olympics has been, has been hard for me to qualify. I mean, even being one of the top ranked athletes, it's stressful no matter what. There are athletes that every Olympics, you know, there are some top athletes that don't make it. So it's, there's never, it's never a sure guaranteed thing. Um, we have subjective and objective criteria, um, for the games. And it's interesting that we have, five different disciplines that are competing for the same spot. So not only are you competing against um, other international competitors for spots, but you're also competing against men and women on your team and on like other disciplines like slope style, ski cross, moguls and half pipe are all competing for the same um, allotment of spots. Wow. Are the expectations different for women within this field? Like not just in terms of uh, tricks or like timing, but also in, in terms of training and what you, what you bring in as you try to qualify. Yeah, I definitely think that there's, there's a difference between men and women, um, you know, and, and one area is the degree of difficulty. A lot of women right. aren't, um, to, to really push the envelope of the sport, you have to do triple backflips. And, and I'm the only U.S. athlete that's currently doing triple, triples. Um, there are international. Yeah. <laughs> thanks. I've been doing yes, that for girl. a long time too. So I'm settled into that. Um, and then there, there's, there's international athletes as well that are, are competing with those higher level DD tricks. Um, but it's, it's very challenging. I mean, I've been in the sport for, for a long time and I've, <laughs> I'd be hard pressed to, to find someone that would say I didn't work hard, just as hard as the, the boys and the men in, in our field. Right. And yet, um, there are some physiological differences that make it more challenging for me to, to have success and to, um, not, not have, have success, but be able to like push myself as fast through the d degree of difficulty and the trick progression that, that some of the men are able to do. Can we talk about the daddy? So the daddy, um, is a foldable full full, which is a quadruple twisting triple backflip. And I am currently the only, the first and only female to successfully compete, complete it. Um, and it's called the daddy because it's the trick that it's kind of the trick that men do. And like, all of a sudden they're like a real aerialist, like they've made mm. it. Like if you do a daddy, like <laughs> all the, all the guys will be like, okay, your you, daddy? you like check off, like you're not a punk little kid anymore. And so, um, it's definitely got that like masculine, like they claimed it already. It's the daddy. It's like not even, would you rename a, it as a dude? It's really, it's really tough. Cause like 
what am I going to call it the mommy? I'm not a mother either. So like, I don't, I don't even know why I mean, these guys are even calling it daddy. It's just, it's like this idea of like, you know, it's, it's the, the, the level of trick. Ah, oh, it's like a cool, sure. I don't know. Each, each, we, we name a lot of the tricks and this is just, I'd love is a rebrand just saying. <laughs> I know, but it's just, it's Actually, so ingrained. I don't know. There's, I mean, it's a lot of, there's so many things ingrained in our culture and in freestyle skiing, the daddy is already ingrained. It's, uh, it'd be hard to take that away. I mean, international <laughs> athletes are calling it this. So, um, wow. it, it's, it's kind of challenging, but you know, there were so many, there were a lot of people that didn't think I was able to do it or would be able to do it. I mean, I've had struggles to even come back and be able to do it. It's, it's definitely very challenging. And so I'm, you know, at the, the, the top of the sport and it's not my like standard trick. It's still extremely hard for me to do. And, and yet uh, the guys consider it like a staple trick. It's like, you have to have that if you even want to be close to competing. Wow. What did people say to you when you decided that you really wanted to attempt it? What were they saying in terms of the discouragement that you were talking about or not believing you could do it? Yeah. It's kind of like that sarcastic response, like, well, you better work really hard or like, all right, like I'll believe it when I see it kind of thing. Um, you know, and, and that's discouraging. Um, I guess it's discouraging in some ways, but it's also encouraging. Like you're like, oh, I'm going to yeah, prove these yeah. guys wrong or I'm going to like men, women, coaches, like, right family like they like you want to prove all those people wrong um it's just you know that's the truth for everything before before someone does it they you know you don't think it's possible so that's it. You said coaches. That was the other thing. You know, reading about experience that you've had with your coaches, it seems like such a, this is going to be Captain Obvious, but just such an important, crucial relationship specifically that you've had to, and it seems like they've given you the confidence to do these daredevil moves that a lot of people wouldn't even attempt. Is that right? Yes, of course. Um, you know, without my coaches encouraging me, I definitely wouldn't have a hop turn, especially without our hype man up top. Um, but <laughs> you know, that. a lot of it's, it's not just having your coaches believe you, like you have to have like your, my teammates when I mean, your teammates are at the top, like mm-hmm. hype, they hype you up too. And, and they know that like, you know, the work that you've put in and when you're, you know, doubting yourself at the top that, you know, that you've done the training that you're ready to do the trick that you're about to do. Um, but I've definitely also had some issues with, um, it's tough sometimes. So triple backflips are higher risk, right? So I, I land them less. I, um, because they're, they're a harder trick to do and we, but they have a higher degree of difficulty. So if you do them successfully, you have an advantage in the, in the judging system. And so sometimes I've had coaching staff who wouldn't really like push me to do triples because they knew that like that risk was sometimes, sometimes not the right risk. It was too high. Um, and so if you're kind of, I kind of back down because my coach wanted me to back down and then I'd have to like push them to push me forward. I didn't know like why they didn't want me to do it if they didn't believe in me or if it was a strategic thing for the competition. Um, and that makes it very challenging, not only, um, mentally, but also because if, if, you're backing down, you train triples less. So the guys are expected to go out there and do triples every time. And sometimes I would back down because I, I could back down, um, for safety or to have less risk or whatever. And so then you don't train as much, especially in like more challenging conditions. And then you're not as prepared, um, um, to do, do triples the next time. But also the narrative, like, and I think MJ, I was going to ask you because when you're talking Ashley about, that moment where you're like, is it that you don't believe in me or is it that this is really hard or whatever it is? I don't know. I like, I've seen that so many times over the course of my career where it's like something just is what it is, but you're like, well, wait a minute. Is that because they think that, right? Like 
we have narratives that we create in our heads sometimes that in athletics, it's like, there's no room for that, right? Because right. you, especially this is life and death for you. You're like an indie car driver who gets in that car, same, same exact level of, of danger and fear. I think that's an interesting, um, you know, topic as well, just because there are so many things that we create. Yes. And, and some of that, like, that's all communication, right? So like if your coach communicates effectively to you, then, then you can have a good understanding. You don't have to like create that weird narrative. And that's why it's challenging to sometimes have all male coaching staff with female athletes. Um, not that they can't communicate, but there's, there's different tactics for communicating with not only each athlete. I mean, each athlete's different. Like we have guys in our team that are all dramatically different. All the girls are dramatically different. And so a coach has to be able to not only do between men and women, but like every personality that's on the team. And that is extremely challenging. And um, maybe women might perceive it differently than, than some men do. Like a lot of the guys are just like, I won't even think about that, but I think about it the whole time. Like, why are we doing this plan? Right, of like, I really need more, uh, more information and background on this whole decision-making process. And sometimes there's just not time for that. <laughs> right. Tell me, get me into the weeds of it and let yeah. me see how it all feels. Right. Yeah, it's like, right. I know Lolo Jones would talk about that saying that she actually sometimes preferred dealing with a male coach because it was just like, okay, here's it. Move on, move on. Not in your, it's not the, the bullshit that is getting your mind in the midst of all the stuff sometimes. So mm -hmm. I think I love, I love hearing that take. I think it's fascinating. And I also love hearing about the coaches because also MJ, you know, you hear this all the time in the NFL. It's like the best coaches, the ones that succeed are the ones that know exactly how to get to each individual player. And they're also different. So mm -hmm. it's like, you got to have that, like you said, Ashley communication. Ashley, I wanted to pivot for a second because in the Summer Olympics, we saw a lot of power couples out there, right? So it's not all just like fierce blinders competition on. There's also a little love in the mix because you're part of a powerhouse couple in the ski, in the skiing world. Um, you and Justin have the possibility of making history, potentially podium together if you both make the Olympic team, correct? Yes, that is correct. This is the first time that we've had a mixed aerials team event in the Olympics. And it's definitely a good chance that uh, Justin and I, who've been dating for a couple of years now, will be on the team together. Ashley, really quick. I, and I have to preface this by saying I have a very deep disdain for like stadium and like ballpark proposals, right? You guys have been together mm -hmm. for years. Really? I've heard you, I've heard, yes, I can't stand it. Why do you, uh, why I, can't you stand it? Uh, listen, great and like. Wait a minute! Congrats you to you if that's how you got engaged outside of an arena. Outside, Didn't you get because that was my husband's very sarcastic way. <laughs> dig really? Because I told him if you ever propose to me inside of an arena, my whole world revolves around sports. Gonna have one thing, Ashley. Sorry, after MJ asks you this, you have to ask her to tell you that story because I didn't know that piece no. of it, MJ. Oh, I yeah, did not yeah. know that it was the sarcasm, and that makes so, it even better. That's awesome. Now. I say this because I just saw an interview with the two of you and you were like, oh, we can show this to our grandkids. So I feel safe enough asking you about proposals because you're talking about grandkids in an interview. <laughs> now, now to play devil's advocate here, obviously the Olympic podium is much different than like a casual Saturday at the ballpark, right? <laughs> but yeah. What, I mean, like, are you opposed to a podium and or Olympic proposal? Ah! <laughs> well, Justin just, like, just, just walked in. He did not. <laughs> he's oh, he's like gosh. in the background. <laughs> Um, so, <laughs> we'll just put him on. We'll have this conversation with him too. He, he, he like just walked away. Um, I would not <laughs> be opposed, but okay. Also mixed aerials is there's three people on our team. So we ha like, yeah, there'd be like one X or like 
third wheel. No. <laughs> See, that person gets the pictures, the video. This oh, is actually the okay, perfect yeah. scenario. MJ had a third wheel. It was your Uber driver, right? And she didn't get a single photo. So I'll never forgive her for that. Rude. And it was I'll a she. Bad that. review. And her name was Diamond on the night of the proposal. So You're kidding I mean, me. This goes, that was her name? Yes, that was her name. Um, so Diamond. I'll was that intentional? I don't know. Oh, no. Wait. He just called a random Uber. Um, yeah. So my, my husband and I met at a basketball game and he proposed outside of the arena where we met. It was very sweet, but it was like borderline. I was going to say no if it was inside the arena. Just <laughs> yeah. Next episode, we got to have Justin on be like, listen, we're going to coach you up here. Okay. <laughs> coach you up. This is how we do these things. Well, now there's not only pressure on the Olympics, but doing well. Because <laughs> we just needed one more layer of pressure, didn't we? We just needed um, one more this layer. This is all hypothetical. This I don't is even all know hypothetical. All hypothetical. But so, wait, can we ask about that, about the relationship? I mean, to have someone in your corner of support, that, how, how do you guys, how often do you pick each other's brain about stuff? Um, we, we, you know, we're always talking about, about sport and we do everything together. We mountain bike, we sail, we do, we do everything together. So, um, you know, we're, we're, we're constantly like helping each other out. Um, but yeah, I, (laughs) um, (laughs) it's really nice to have someone in your corner. Uh, You know how you said earlier, we're built different. Like we're all, we're all weirdos for doing triple backflips on skis. And so to have someone that, that, have have someone that understands kind of what you're going through, the fear, the stress, um, everything. It, it's it's kind of nice when one person's doing well. You can kind of like you know fall back on that when you're not doing well, and vice versa, or you know you know pump each other up and motivate each other. And so yeah, it, it, it's really nice. Um, I've always I always tell people not to date their teammates, but I'm doing it, and it's great. So it's like <laughs> I'm not even listening to my own advice. Um, but yeah, we just we we get each other, and maybe that's because we both love uh, aerials and that kind of personality traits. You know, that we they just work. The one other question I had is though, do you think like do you think that people are born with that chip to be able to want to conquer that type of fear? Because it, to me. That's such a line. It's like what you do, race car drivers, you know, daredevils, gymnasts, anyone that does. Right. You know, so I, I just, sometimes I think, wow, like that's, they're either, either you're in that box or you're not, you know, either you're, yeah. And I definitely think that, I definitely think that if I, if it wasn't aerials, I'd find something else that was like really Mm -hmm. adrenaline based mountain biking. Um, but I, I don't know if it was like, you know, it's probably, there's probably some nature, you know, I was born like this. Um, but also how you, you grow up, um, the successes and the adversity that you have and how, how people around you approach, you know, failure, um, or doing something scary. Um, I definitely think that can either like nurture your wanting to do adrenaline crazy things, or it can totally, you know, decide, make you go do nothing like that. <laughs> So I, I have good parents that um, really encouraged me and thought it was cool when I did adrenaline stuff. So, oh, you're hundred percent correct. This, but now we're getting into like a whole therapy session because you're so right. Like my grandmas <laughs> were like very instrumental in raising me, and they were of the nature of like, no, sit down, stay safe, don't go jump around. And all I wanted to do was like, you know, go out there and get dirty. Now I don't even want to, you know, get on a bike. But I, I think you're you're hundred percent correct. Also, like, that's, that's great. I have kids and when they get invited to birthday parties that are at trampoline parks, sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, right. Right. You know, because I've seen kids break their legs. Right. But then Ashley, I'm like, 
okay, yeah, maybe, right. you know, hey, try a triple. I don't know. But I, I, yeah. I totally get that. It's a different perspective and, on it. And, and my exactly parents, right. it's not like my mom was like, I love watching this. She was right. equally terrified. I didn't want to watch, right. but she was like, I know you like this and I know you're good at it. So I have to like support you, yeah. but I'm going to like turn away right. when you jump because I don't want to see you crash. Right. Um, so it's, turn a, it's away? a fine bounce. I think so. I don't ask, yeah. but like, cause like I, a couple of years ago, um, she came to an event and I, my dad was like, yeah, she didn't watch. And then she told me, she's like, oh yeah, you did great. And I was like, you don't, you didn't watch. <laughs> and she's like, I can't, it's too scary. And then I'm like, okay, Aww. fair. She's like, I watched on a replay if you did well. <laughs> if you didn't do right. well, I don't watch. And I'm like, oh well, my God. that's fair, mom. Like, very I get fair. it. Yeah. So Ashley, we love to talk to our guests about, you know, inspiration and where that comes from, motivation or, you know, someone that has really inspired them, a, a woman, someone that has meant a lot to them over the course of their career. And we call it the power of the pack. And so MJ and I have talked before about people in our lives, but would love to know who for you has been someone that has been just a shining star that you've looked up to. Uh, yeah, I guess I would definitely, yeah, see my parents. Uh, so we can talk about my mom. She, um, you know, she's always believed in whatever I wanted to do and thought that I could do it. And, um, so, so having her always there in my corner has, has been huge. Yeah. I, you know, my, yeah, my mom's always just, you know, had, just had a really good perspective on like everything that she, she probably would would if she watches this well i'll tell her to watch it she'll be like i can't believe you said these things about me i didn't think that you thought this at all um because because i don't I know i'm always like mom you're wrong but like then i look back i'm like oh she was so right she, she was, was so right. right yep um and, and so she's she's always just been she's always been like super encouraging but like right there for me when to to like sh- she always show me the opposite perspective too like um mm. For example, so I, I moved out of the house when I was 13 to, to pursue aerial skiing. I, right. I quit gymnastics. I um, started online school and, and, live, and moved to upstate uh, New York and, and just the, the, the Northeast. And I was like so nervous about it. And she obviously knew I was going to be really good at aerials. I don't know. She just had that foresight. And she was like, she was like, you know, I really don't want you to leave, but you can always come home, but you'll never know if you don't try. And, and so just like, it's like little things like that. She's like, she, she would like encourage me, but also be like, you're going to be fine if you don't choose this too. And so it was like, she always knew how to like push me forward without me being afraid of, you know, whatever she kind of opened up all those potential options. Be like, okay, if this happens, then we just do this. And you just, you keep moving through. And so maybe that's one of the reasons why I can conquer fears. I'm like, well, you, you, you make your choice and then you can always go and you change it the next time. Or if it doesn't work out this way, you just, you know, she always knew how to like show me how to navigate the path. When you moved away. So she was in Virginia. That's where you, you were right. When you were Mm -hmm. a child. Um, what do you remember where you were when you had that conversation? Like, was that a one-time conversation when it was that moment? Yeah, we were, we were in our, our house and we were living in uh, outside in, in Lowndes County, um, just in, in our, in the house. And she just, I was like, well, I just don't know if I can go. So I just like signed up for online school classes. And I think I was leaving like the next day. I had all my bags packed and everything. And she's just like, listen, if it's not exactly what you want, which it probably will be, like, I'll miss you incredibly, but like, you just, you come home and then, and then we, you go find something else you love doing. And, and so 
yeah, it was like pushing me out of the nest like a baby bird, but also being like, but I'll go catch you if like you right don't fly. Here. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like that fine balance. Who'd you go with or who went with you? Anyone or did, and where did you live when you left? Um, yeah, I lived on, uh, on my own. There was like a ski academy. So some other kids and like, uh, some teachers or something that were in charge. I don't even know what happened out there. <laughs> I, not en- <laughs> probably not enough, uh, not enough, uh, supervision, but, um, I was a pretty responsible right. kid, so I didn't get into too much trouble. Um, but yeah, my parent, my parents weren't there. <laughs> There's like coaching right. staff and wow. teachers. Yeah. That's hard too for your mom. Like that's now, you know, I, mm-hmm. that's, I'm like, wow. What's beautiful, Ashley, about about your mom sort of opening that door and letting you know that there is a net there, but still encouraging that autonomy and that independence and what you wanted to do and what you wanted to pursue. I think there's very few parents who at the age of 13 would say, all right, pack your bags, kid, and (laughs) go ahead and follow this dream. And and I think when we talk about you being built different, well, now we see where that comes from, right? Because your mom was on board 100% with what you wanted to do. So shout out to mama. I know. I, don't, I think I definitely have to tell her that she's listened. <laughs> yeah. The fact that, uh, you know, in a lot of sports, you hear those stories, but you, you hear often that it's a scenario where parents had to go or parents moved with you. Like that's a, that's incredibly brave on all of your parts. And I think just yeah. really cool and strong, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel very fortunate that I could have that opportunity that my parents were able to to afford me that. All right, Ashley, we cannot let you leave without maybe helping out our listeners with a little advice. Cause I know you've gotten plenty of it throughout your career and throughout your life, but let's start with a little good advice and worst advice. Start with the worst advice you've ever been given. The worst advice I've ever been given. Uh, there's probably a lot of things that I don't want to say out loud. <laughs> this is a, this is a safe space. Advice. <laughs> to drink that is probably the ones. <laughs> um, Amazing, <laughs> man! I did, you know I might be too positive to even take advice as bad. Um, I mean, were there moments where, for example, you were trying to do these tricks that were for a very long time only slated for the the boys and the men competing? Was there someone who was like, eh, "Stay in your lane, girl"? Yeah, there there were definitely people that just didn't think I could do it. I don't know. I've re- I, maybe this is yeah, the, one of the reasons, like another way I was, you know, nurtured differently is that I haven't really yeah. had a lot of people give me like really bad advice. Um, Thank goodness. I know. I, and maybe, or maybe I just forget it so quickly. I can't even Ooh. come up with something right now. I, it's just, I love that. I, they, it comes in and it just goes, I don't even hear the bad, the bad advice. That right there yeah. is a life lesson. Okay. So what's the best advice? Yeah. I think that's definitely my mom. It's like, you don't know until you try. Um, and then I've kind of, I, I have like taken that one internalized and I, I outwardly now tell everyone to try everything twice. It's my new, my really? like big motto. I love yeah. that. Try everything twice. Yeah. Cause if you try it once and it doesn't go well, it might've been like a fluke, you know, and you got to try sure. it twice to yeah. be like, did it really go bad because I don't like this or because I'm not good at it or whatever, or did it like, and the more of the idea, it's not just try it two times, but to be like, oh, give it a second shot, you know, try different things and like keep, don't, don't keep an open mind about, you know, negative things that happen. What is, is there something that you are most proud of overcoming over the course of your career? Is there one thing that you're, when you look back, you think, okay. Um, I think, I think all of my injuries that ended in surgery, <laughs> all of those ones, um, were, were big overcoming yeah. moments. Um, I've had two ACL surgeries and a shoulder surgery and the shoulder surgery 
was because of my last training jump at the last Olympics. And it was like, it was over before the competition even started. And so that one was, um, emotionally like, you know, I I expect to get injured, like doing what I do, not expect, Mm -hmm. but like, if it does happen, I'm like, Oh yeah, it makes sense. Um, but this, this injury was just the wrong time, the, the wrong day. I was training incredibly and I just got a gust of wind that, that was unfortunate. And, and then it was all over. I was like, I was a favorite to win and podium and or whatever. And it, it was just all gone. And so a lot of that, you know, physically is hard. My shoulder still hurts sometimes, but, um, that pain of like, oh, it's, it's gone and, and you, you missed it. And it was like nothing you could do about it was, was, was very hard. Those are tougher wounds to heal. I think usually more so than the physical pain, especially when you've been dead, you've dedicated your life Mm. to this. Yeah. And and especially when you like, you, when you go into something and you like have no no regrets about it, like I trained exactly Mm -hmm. how I wanted to train or like, I I don't look back and see anything I could have really done differently. And it just didn't go well. You're like, everything I know about my training and myself is like all undermined. Um, and then, so the competition went horribly. Um, I had to like inject my shoulder before I went and you could tell on TV, like my arm just didn't really work. It was like, it wasn't good. Um, but then the next day I woke up and I was like, Oh, I really want to do aerials. And so that's when I knew I was like, I'm not done yet. Like I still love this sport. Like this, this sport just broke my heart and my shoulder at the same time, the same day, like (laughs) traumatic, like, and I still want to go do it. So, you know, sometimes it's just, it's not always about like the success or, or the failure. It's like, I just really like doing this and pushing myself and, um, that's easy to say sitting here. And then it's harder to say when you just lost an event, but like I did last week, but, um, yeah, yeah, I love the sport. I mean, it's what sets your soul on fire very clearly. And so we're very Mm -hmm. excited to see you continue to train and qualify. We are manifesting this and get (laughs) you to your fourth Olympics. We're so excited for you, Ashley, rooting for you, of course. Yeah, thank Um, you. And like mama might look away. You said that medal is, is the thing that you want and think about daily. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's the one that's eluded me. The Olympic medal. I have, you know, done well at world championships and overalls and world cups and stuff. But, you know, the Olympic medal is, is that's the big one. All right. Well, we're watching you and rooting for you, Ashley. Thank you so much for jumping on with us. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Ashley. Don't forget to rate and review on her turf on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on your favorite podcast platform. And be sure to follow on her turf on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Plus, get the latest news in women's sports on our blog, NBCSports.com slash on her turf. Special thanks to everyone involved in this NBC Sports and Blue Wire partnership. We'll see you next time.